door slid open. I wrenched the respirator mask from my face and tossed it aside, slowly stepping out. I shook fluid from my limbs, shivering. A medic wrapped a heat-preserving aluminum blanket around me. Another reached for the biometric dog tags from around my neck, scanning them. Successful extraction, Captain, he said. Well done. My arms and legs ached dully. There were three red abrasions across my chest, stigmatic wounds caused by the Krell assault. Inflamed welts and whip-like abrasions also marked my limbs, reminding me of the punishment my sim had suffered. I probed my chest with numb fingers, almost expecting to find stinger spines stuck there. My ears still rang with the shrieks of the dying Krell. All that had happened was a reality. Just not a reality for me. At least not physically. I was in the simulant operations center of the Liberty Point. As far as the eye could see, the chamber was crammed with identical bays, each housing a squad of troopers operating simulants on missions out in the quarantine zone. Around me, my squad were similarly mounted in simulator tanks, Each trooper was undergoing the same disconnection protocol. Nice work, people, I managed. I spoke with the slur of a day-long drunk, like my body wasn't my own. I took in my crew. They looked like paler imitations of their simulants. Or maybe the simulants looked like improved versions of the squad. They were athletic-bodied, but with determined, disciplined physiques, rather than the overmuscled stature of bodybuilders. They were all dedicated home troopers, mentally and physically. But we were not regular soldiers. There were important differences between a sim operator and a hard-copy soldier. Each of us was pocked with data ports around the base of the spine, the neck, the forearms, the thighs. Those allowed connection between the simulator and our physical bodies. Let's get this wrapped up, Jenkins hollered to the rest of the team. Out of the tanks, disconnected, double time it. Although she tried hard not to show it, she looked good. She had a small, trim body, dark hair bobbed for ease inside the simulators. At thirty-odd standard years, Jenkins was a ten-year army vet and gave no hint of embarrassment at standing naked among a group of male soldiers. They barely registered her appearance. Yes, ma'am, Kaminsky parroted. Fuck off, Ski. I'm a volunteer just like the rest of you. Jenkins shook her hair dry. Save that ma'am shit until I get the promotion. Yeah, Kaminsky, Blake said. How many years are you going to do as a PFC? I'm not listening, Kaminsky said. He stumbled out of his tank. He ran a hand over his buzz-cut hair. He was only thirty-two standard years, but he wore it short because he was receding. He'd spent most of his military career as a private, had been busted back to the rank so many times I'd lost count. Kaminsky's torso was covered in tattoos, from a stylized phoenix to a leering grim reaper. Resurrection imagery, death and rebirth, something that only sim operators got to experience. Across his shoulder blades, the newest addition to this flesh tapestry read, 
fish food in cursive text. He had acquired that particular marking after a night of hard drinking and a dare from Jenkins, which Kaminsky had evidently lost. He grinned inanely, pointing out a phantom injury on his head. Hey, Jenkins, he said, would it kill you to set the charges faster next time? Gonna save me a whole lot of pain from the fish heads. Whatever, Ski, Jenkins said. At least they went for your head. There's not much in there you'd miss. Martinez laughed. Corporal's got your number. The sixth member of my team hadn't taken it so well. Olson was particularly shaken by the ordeal. The physical and mental disconnection between the simulant and operator wasn't a pleasant experience, and he hadn't been trained for it. That was why they only sent sim operators into the field. Not everyone could do this. Olson's a